Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, welcome to another week of banter. We are sitting up in the uh, loft today. It's a little bit chilly. It's a bit, it doesn't really feel like spring, does it? No, we're just commenting as we're walking up. Just Only just now that plants are blooming and yeah. flowers coming out yeah, and leaves it's, growing back. It's, it's been a belated bloom this year. <laughs> still wearing jackets. Yeah, uh, no, I, um, I'm only starting to see some flowers out there. I'm still wearing jackets. I'm mm. still feeling cold in the morning. What is um, your favourite season? Is spring one that you're like looking forward to coming yeah. into? What's what's the uh, my, my favourite? Uh, spring and autumn. Yeah, uh, I just yeah, I just lo- I love spring, the newness of life. Yeah. There's something about it. Just normally this time of year, you know, it's yeah, starting yeah, to warm yeah, yeah. up, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. there's just that smell when you like, yeah. smell like new flowers coming, and yeah, and I just love autumn because it's sort of the end of mm. that season. Yeah. Of the heat waves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. I reckon, yeah. especially in Australia, like spring and autumn are like the only times of the year where the temperature is actually nice. Summer's yeah. way too hot, winter's way too cold, but spring yeah. and autun, I can get behind you know, that. They're just right. They're the Goldilocks. <laughs> the Goldilocks. The Goldilocks. <laughs> the Goldilocks season. So good. Yeah. So good. So we've um, sort of been looking at this pruning the branches series for quite a few weeks now. And I this think is it's been the nine weeks. Whew, what a series! Yeah. I've, I've I've gotten a lot of positive feedback oh, from it uh, from our congregation. What's one thing for you, um, whether it was through research in mm. your own sermons, because I know that's usually when I learn the most when mm. I'm researching stuff in my own sermons, or through someone else's that's really stood mm. out for you in this pruning the branches series? Mm. Yeah, um, probably the hardest one I preached on was like the pruning sin. I mm. spoke about hell and just judgment I found that one quite deeply challenging for mm. me like that was pro- probably the thing that really put rubber to the road it's like oh if I believe what I say mm. I believe like there's only two places where people go but mm. then so it gave me a real sense of oh salvation's wonderful rather than focusing on the negatives it's like we've got to right on the positives and that we're actually part of the kingdom mm. and that's Something mm. to be celebrated. It's the good news. It is the good news, <laughs> not the bad news. The good yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. And, um, actually, I think from other people's sermons, it'd be your one on. I can't remember the title for it. Pr- is, was it pruning relationships? Pruning relationships. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where you spoke about, you gave us the case study, mm. the greeny, the later. Oh, that was pruning expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah about what uh, what a Christian looks like. Yeah, yeah I think that one was found that helpful because it challenged some preconceived ideas for people mm. and just a reminder for me is like we sometimes think a christian comes like should come half-baked mm. so that they have this worldview with these kind of base values and they just need yeah. to kind of get over the line in the end yeah. but realizing that jesus was the friend of tax collectors and mm. sinners I yeah. still find an interesting category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Tax collectors and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, a completely foreign concept to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that and there's a messiness to salvation. Yeah. And yeah. I think too is that willingness is, I think everyone would agree we want to see people come to faith. Mm. But I think sometimes on the rubber it meets the road, it's like, oh, 
I don't want those type of people because it means church becomes messy if yeah. you have a yeah a whole stack of people with different worldviews coming to faith. Their worldview doesn't just magically disappear overnight, mm. and so that creates a messiness, which is part of being in the church. Yeah, um, totally. And mm. I think also why we need that community, right? Mm. Because it's not just okay, like you're one and done, get out. Like you're fine mm. to like you know swim by yourself now. Yep. <coughs> this idea that we get alongside. Mm. Yeah. No, I I really uh, loved Brian's sermon on pruning time. I mm. thought that was really cool, looking at the different quadrants. Uh, and I, I also really enjoyed your sermon on pruning sin. I think that's just like looking at what does the Bible actually say about hell? Mm. And ultimately, yeah, maybe uh, there's some uh, extra things that we've added on to our yes. vision of hell. But mm. ultimately, it's still like not seeming like a vibe. Like you definitely no. don't want to be there. And it's definitely something that should be taken seriously. Mm. I think it's very easy um, to live on either side of extremes of a polarity mm. when it comes to how we take hell as Christians. It's either something that we don't consider at all, don't take seriously enough, or it's something that maybe we become too fearful of, focus on way too much. I think it's really mm. healthy and helpful to go, hey, what does Jesus actually say? Mm. What does the Bible actually say? Um, and just that fact that, yeah, like Jesus actually spoke about hell a lot. He did. Like, yeah, yeah it was something that he spoke, I think it like was 14 more. times. Yeah, it's I more than heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, definitely something that we need to yeah be aware of, but maybe not, uh, yeah, getting too hung up on or not reading Dante's Inferno <laughs> and, and, and getting that that's our idea yeah yes. like a lot of our theology around like end time stuff and like yeah, heaven and hell is just a lot of it's based off medieval theology whether we recognise yeah. it or not yeah uh, a lot of it comes from these mm. images that yeah aren't necessarily mm. biblical it's always a good question like why do I believe that because mm. <laughs> a lot of the time, yeah. like, the answer is like, oh, because, like, somebody said that once, mm. <laughs> you know, which, you know, sometimes might be a legitimate reason yeah. if it was founded in biblical truth. Yeah. But, yeah, like, people have some weird theology that they'll share and say and, you know, just going, I okay. I think of, like, one example. I was talking to a guy once who was saying uh, he was taking that parable that Jesus was talking about um, sweeping out the house and, and, you know, exercising demons out, you know. And he mm. said, like, if, you know, I kick one demon out, then seven more will come in and take their place. And he was talking about how, oh, I don't like to exercise demons because then I worry that it will, like, get even worse for them. And this is like a, you know, Bible-believing mm-hmm. Christian. I'm like, ah, oh, it's, like, actually about, like, Jesus like coming in to fill that space so yeah, it's not yeah. just an empty void like mm. there's actually so much value to learn from that parable and like yeah it's just fascinating what people yeah. sort of well I think and so not this Sunday but two weeks time doing a bit of a preacher's pick mm. I'm gonna do Jesus cursing the fig because mm. cleansing a temple and Jesus kind of the disciples response to Jesus cursing mm. the fig and some pretty wild and inter- like it's still pretty common that people kind of go oh Jesus was hungry and so he cursed it or mm. like Jesus had low mm. blood sugar it's like, yeah, just don't get like <laughs> I love that he like walked through the wilderness for 40 days and yeah. it was fine yeah, <laughs> and didn't give in to the temptation of Satan but in that moment he was just really hungry, hungry yeah. I mean, he does say that he was hungry but I don't does, think that's yeah, the point, the point. <laughs> and so yeah there's a lot of um, I'll say context is king yes and yeah, there's a lot of context we miss behind that mm. and so that's just one example of like stuff that's yes. probably taught from 
Well, we haven't heard sermons on it, but certainly blogs and different yeah. things. You hear things and just kind of think, oh, that's true. Totally. And you're like, oh, totally. like, no. I guess that's why, like, as pastors, there's mm. an expectation to go to college and to mm. learn because mm. nothing wrong with the Bible. Problem mm. is our worldview. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to take a quick ad break for Mauling College <laughs> and then we'll go back in. So we um, looked at work on the weekend, it pruning did. work. And it was really cool, kind of uh, yeah. getting a bit deeper into some of the origins of Sabbath. Yeah. Um, Shabbat. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, Salam so, Shabbat. Salam Shabbat. So with Sabbath, mm. um, this is like a very um, broad sort of vision that we're given. And I would kind of say maybe in some ways there's there's wisdom in that broadness because some people, you know, I'm going to mm. say a Mitch Levingston, <laughs> might like to go for a run on their day oh, off. Yeah. That doesn't sound like rest to mm. me, but for you that's restorative. Yeah. That makes you feel better. Um, and, yeah, different people, you know, are going mm. to – I would like for a day of rest to go and see an indie piece of theatre. That might be like hell on earth for you. Like different people's sort of sh- sh- Shabbat, yeah. Sabbath is going to look different. Mm. What does Sabbath look like in your sort of mind from a biblical definition, yes. from a pastoral definition? How does that all come together mm. for you? So Sabbath is, I think, firstly, I see it as obviously as this day that's holy to God. Mm. There's a day set apart. And let's just stick with the Old Testament for now. Sure. Before we jump into the new. Yeah. But like that Saturday, that last day of the week, it was a day, okay, you've worked your six days. This is a day where we mirror God, mm. who is the ultimate creator. And we're mini creators in a sense. We go out and work and now we rest in that holiness. Mm. And we're not really given examples of how what you're supposed to do. Now, the Pharisees did that. Yeah. But there's but there's little clues. So that passage in Exodus 16, which I shared about the collecting of the manna, mm. and on the on the Friday you got double, yep. and then it lasted until the two days, yeah, yep. Friday Saturday, and then yep. you. It was the idea of by faith. So there's mm. element of faith to it, mm. and that's how I see it. It's like a day where you're like, I'm gonna trust in God's provision mm. for me, mm. and living under his lordship yeah so particularly around the exodus is that exodus is about who's the true lord Mm -hmm. like is it pharaoh are you working for the slave master pharaoh or Mm. are you under the lordship of oh wait Mm. who is our redeemer and savior and Mm. so in that you really have to trust if you if you're in the wilderness Mm. for 40 years You've got to trust every day that man is going to be there. Yeah. And on that Friday, I'm going to collect double, knowing that's not going to yeah. spoil. As it did every other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just... But then if you do that, you know you're going to be fine. Mm. And then the same too comes with like uh, this every seventh year. Mm-hmm. So you get the Sabbath years where you say you take on a, a slave, a bond servant, because mm-hmm. they've lost, you know, for whatever reason, no fault of their own, sickness, disease, mm-hmm. what. You know, whatever big death, whatever it is, and they can't work and they have to pay their debts off. You're like, if it's a six year in that cycle and then you're going to have them for one year, you're going to wipe away the debts. And you're like, well, I'm going to trust God that He's going to honor that debt yeah. of taking on this bond servant and repay it. And then come the Jubilee on the 50th year, mm. you're like, okay, we're going to give this property back. But it's all, and so, said to as an element of faith is that, well, if mm. you're in a farming community, you're relying on God to just. Yeah provide for what you need so mm. this is this this day where 
of worship. And we're not really sure. Like, we, we kind of know how the Israelites worshipped in the Bible. Like, certainly at the tab- tabernacle and the temple, the sacrifices, there's yeah. reading of Torah, the Day of Atonement, all that. But how it went weekly, I don't know. Because like, some of, there'd be some communities that you know, were too far away from the temple to go there weekly. Mm. And so it was rest just a day where you paused, perhaps mm. Mm. reflected on God's goodness, prayed. Mm. Like I see as part of it. So that's mm. sort of the Old Testament view. And mm. then obviously the New Testament, mm. things change yeah. a bit there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how does that change as we go into yeah. the New Testament? Obviously, yeah. Jesus mm. also on top of hell speaks a lot yes. about rest and, does, and Sabbath yeah. and in yeah. a very um, contradictory way to the way the Pharisees were upholding yeah. it at that point yeah um, so I'm actually going to start off with a funny verse not mm. Jesus words but Paul's words from Romans 14 and so Romans 14 verse 5 it says um, one person considers one day more sacred than another another considers every day alike each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. <coughs> so it seems to be in the new covenant in the church, yeah. there's this shift mm. away. And mm. so Jesus, he identified himself as rest mm. in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give yeah, you yeah. rest. Yeah. And there's that classic case where um, it's in Mark chapter 2 where Jesus and the disciples are, you know, they start picking heads yeah. in the corner like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. be doing that. And then <clears throat> Jesus throws it back on them and says, hey, you read the time when David like ate the sacred bread? Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, Sabbath wasn't, you know. Yeah. Sabbath was made for the man, man not man for, for the, the Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. 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 Right. And I have a quote here from, um, he's a, a New Testament um, like commentator. It says here, we do not obey laws in order to please and pacify God. Rather, laws are made for our own protection to teach us how to nurture ourselves and have healthier, have a healthier relationship with God mm-hmm. and others. Mm. Who wrote that? Mark Laser. Mark Laser. Uh, Mark Laser. Great so, last name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fire the laser. <laughs> so we've got sort of this, um, mm. I, I suppose, very uh, judicious, um, um, sort of black and white definition mm. that the Pharisees are giving. Uh, and Jesus is saying, hey, like, and even, you know, obviously Paul in that writing mm. um, in Romans kind of talking about, hey, it probably doesn't matter what day, mm. but like it is still important like yeah. that you do something for the Lord. Mm. Um, so wh- why did we pick Sunday? There's a little teaser in your <laughs> sermon was, on yeah. Sunday that you will find out on we'll find out. So, so now I'm going to Far make... be it from us to let the I listeners know, down. I know. Hopefully it's increased our listenership for this week. People are like, oh, I want to hear about this. We'll see the stats. We'll just go yeah, through the roof. Through the roof. <laughs> you know, we'll go viral from this. I'm um, actually going to turn to John chapter 20. And this is part of the reason why we worship on Sunday. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. What's the first day of the week? I would say it would be Sunday. It is Sunday. And so the idea in the early church, and they wrestled with this, but within like a couple of hundred years, what we call the Lord's Day. And the Lord's Day is only mentioned once in the book of Revelation. Revelation 1, John Hmm. said, in the spirit on the Lord's Day, is that the Lord's Day came to replace the Sabbath. Hmm. Uh, So if 
for the church, and and it's not in the New Testament. This is sort of the writings of the early church yeah, fathers. Sure. They, they wrestled with this idea of like, okay, like if Jesus is the fulfillment of the law mm-hmm. and the prophets, mm-hmm. and Jesus himself identified himself as rest. Mm. Okay, now that he's resurrected, there's a future Sabbath to look forward to. This mm. the Book of Hebrews talks about this. You mm-hmm. know, you shall enter into his rest and warns about what happens if you're not in that rest. Sure. And so, church like, hey, Jesus come, he's resurrected, it's going to be a future Sabbath day to come. Now we're in new creation and we're in this new creation week, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like Jesus, we remember his resurrection on the Lord's day, mm-hmm. not the Sabbath, but mm. on the first day of the week to mm. celebrate that. Mm. And there was another concept which is in Judaism called the eighth day. Mm. I think I spoke about this last year, mm. this idea of the eighth day. And so if the, sa- the Sabbath is the seventh day, then the eighth day came to represent like God's ongoing goodness. Mm. And so there's little hints like that Hebrew boys were circumcised on the eighth day. Mm. This idea of this eternity when God's promises would come forward. And mm. so the early church fathers recognized that too, well as this sort of eighth day mm. happening as well, this mm. imagery of Jesus. So yes, so it's kind of tied in the first day of the week, the mm. creation, new creation, yeah. the eighth day, which you know, seven mm. eight comes after seven, so therefore being the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, and until uh, the as the church became increasingly Gentile, yeah. It pushed away from like the Jewish, Jewish practices. Yeah. And so particularly for Jewish Christians, so you don't know a whole lot about like but there's still hints in Revelation of the like, Jews being persecuted. Hmm. Like the call it the synagogue of Satan. And hmm. so the because under the Roman Empire, Jews were exempt from worshipping Roman gods. Hmm. They just had to say a prayer of the, like, you know, the blessing of the emperor. Yeah, for the emperor, right. but not yeah. to, <coughs> to the, the emperor. emperor. Which so. is may seem like semantics, but it's the big difference, difference between, really, like, yeah. peeing in the pool and peeing into the pool. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Big thing, yeah, because like, so obviously for the Jews, monotheistic, they worship Yahweh, yeah, Yahweh yeah, alone, yeah. not Caesar. And so when the church was known as the Way, a sect of Judaism, the Christians fell under that umbrella of protection. Yeah. And then as it increasingly became more Gentile and as Jews really fought against it, it became separate. It was no longer under the protection of the Roman Empire. Yeah. And so sort of like reports of Jews dobbing in fellow Jews who became Christians to the Romans. And so yeah. that's probably part of it too, where we want to move away from our own mm. identity and yeah. the Lord's Day is part of that. So that's just some of the... Mm reasons that's a really fascinating Mm. point that kind of comes up in this idea of um what are sort of practices in our previous identity before following christ Mm. that we might want to um yeah delineate ourselves from or Mm. you know sort of demark ourselves from it's just a fascinating kind of side note um so Mm. um you've kind of already spoken a little bit about this but we kind of spoke about this um differentiation um on sunday of rest and you kind of said um the word is it the word actually sabbath yeah doesn't, sabbath. Yeah, yeah. Sabbath. yeah yeah doesn't um isn't best translated to rest but more cease yeah so just, it's more the english language it's probably not it's not the issue with the word it's more how it's we more interpret. the modern interpretation yeah of it's how we look at um yeah so when we think rest we think 
lying down getting tired you rest because you're tired and so i've even had some people say like well how could the bible say god rested god doesn't get tired that's ridiculous sure and so i think the word ceased is Mm. better because you're like oh like god ceased creating Mm. so so they kind of go back a few steps um john walton Mm. yeah i don't know if you read his stuff but he talks about how the creation week building up to a temple building of a temple and so in the ancient world temples had like a seven day um sort of procedure (coughs) and yeah there's a lot of evidence to show that the creation is like describing god building a temple Mm. um and it's really comes out in genesis 2 where the you know the garden of eden's on this mountain and there's rivers flowing out of it Mm -hmm. and there was this concept in the ancient world of what, what scholars call the world mountain, mm-hmm. where all life began. So this sure. mountain came out of the sea yeah. and it gave life to everyone. The Babylonians believed it was Babylon. Sure. And Genesis is refuting that and saying, oh, no, it's actually Eden. Yeah, right. Where, and so that idea of what Walton says is that when the gods would fight and battle mm-hmm. and when they'd finish fighting they would rest mm-hmm. they would cease mm-hmm. and that wasn't it doesn't mean they just put their feet up and do nothing it mm-hmm. was they begin the the process of what they were trying to do which was to rule over their dominion mm. so what he argues is that cease is a better word to use is because it gives us this idea okay god he's overcome chaos we beginning you know Day one, it's just deep waters. God yeah. speaks. We go through the six days of creation. We get <coughs> humans and God in this partnership. On the seventh day, God ceases because creation, it's finished, but the work still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Humans still need to rule and subdue the earth. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that it's just more helpful probably. Like once upon a time, probably you could have used rest and people, but it's sure. just more like... Similar what I say with like when it says, you know, wives submit to your husbands, it's like ugh, that word submit for us conjures yeah. up. Always for me, I think of USC fighting where you're like, you know, choke hold and you're like, I lock. tap yeah, out, yeah, yeah. I submit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, it's probably not the most helpful word to use. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, for sure. just like, so it's more that we get a better picture of what God's doing, not, yeah. oh, God got tired and rested and was lazy. It's no, yeah. God ceased. So the, the proper, um, yeah, proper order of things could happen. Yeah. So again, how does that come back to us for our Sabbath, whatever mm. <clears throat> day that might be on? Um, so what would the difference be for us instead of merely resting but mm. ceasing? How does that look different? Yeah. Well, I'd say like it's ceasing from your normal work. Sure. But it's using it purposely. And that's sure. what we were also saying, rather than just sitting around, which, you know, I've been guilty of sitting around yeah, doing sure. nothing, Yeah. doing something that has purpose and meaning and honouring of yeah. God. And perhaps that's why, like you said, there's a... Um, uh, yeah, where there's maybe not so much directive in scriptures as it gives us a chance to... Sure, yeah, define it. Define as, it how we want, yeah, yeah how we yeah, need yeah. to. Yeah, right. no, very cool. And then, so, 
We kind of spoke about as well um, this idea. You mentioned that Pharaoh is a serpent figure, mm. a serpent-esque or you know, a serpent mm. archetype in the book of Exodus. I'd love to expand a bit on that. And um, yeah, what are some sort of parallels that we can see between mm. this figure of Pharaoh and the serpent mm. figure in Genesis? Yeah, okay, so <clears throat> Genesis 3, the serpent is very uh, crafty. Mm. In fact, he's called the wisest of all mm. creatures in the garden. Mm. And what does the serpent do? It brings in chaos and destruction. Mm. And so part of the curse in Genesis 3 is... Um, yeah, let me find it. I'll put... This is Genesis 3.15. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And that word offspring or seed, it's Hebrew word zera, mm. like the English word sheep can be mm. singular or plural like okay. sheep, are you talking about one sheep or two sheep or yeah, multiple sure. yeah, yeah. and so like a number of commentators have noted there's a conflict in scripture between the seed of the woman mm. and the seed of the serpent mm. and so immediately Cain and Abel the seed, the seed of the serpent's winning, Cain kills Abel mm. and then he's replaced by Seth and so, so if you think of serpent like figures they promote acts of decreation mm -hmm. against God. So Pharaoh, and we're told here, get to Exodus, come on, this is Exodus chapter 1 verse 10, come we must deal assuredly mm -hmm. with them or they will become even more numerous and if a war breaks out they will join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. It's interesting, like, it's, I have to check the actual Hebrew, but like the con, like the, the illusions are there. This crafty serpent mm. and the Egyptians saying we need to do, deal shrewdly with the mm. Israelites, mm. and so Pharaoh's policies of slavery it's like leads to acts of decreation. Mm. There's no life for the Israelites. It's just work, 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 work. Mm. And so, so Pharaoh represents that sort of serpent-like persona, that mm. archetype of an evil figure. Mm. And that God has to defeat, mm. and uh, I, yeah, Pharaoh is not represented as a serpent in the Bible, but a crocodile. But, you mm. know, it's sort of the, the the idea is there is that this they have these sort of serpent-like figures. They represent mm. evil and suffering, mm. and against God's purposes. And mm. what's interesting is Pharaoh assumed that he was God, mm. like he saw himself as the representative of the Egyptian gods on earth. Mm. And so the ten plagues uh, decreate mm. Egypt, mm. and you get towards the final plagues, and you know the sun disappears, <laughs> like it, yeah, the world's yeah, going yeah. back to its pre-creation yeah, yeah. form. Yeah. And yeah, so it's this is what happens to serpent-like figures; they're defeated. Mm. So that's what I meant by that. Yeah. That, and then so that comes up. So serpent-like figures come up numerous times in scripture. For Evil sure. people. Yeah. They take on that role. Even some of the heroes at points kind of become yes. serpent-like <coughs> figures at yeah. moments. Yeah, Solomon, yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pharaoh-like figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slaves the people mm. to build his palace. Mm. So when we're kind of talking about, um, I suppose, Pharaoh being the unideal, you spoke about two different economies, yeah, the yeah. Pharaoh economy and the Sabbath economy. Um, you sort of gave us this challenge that we should ensure that we're not mini-Pharaohs. Mm. And you sort of um, said to ourselves... 
Um, but obviously also in Exodus it talks about looking after your slaves, which, you know, mm. in modern context could be employees. Mm. Um, bit of a big question, um, so maybe we can break it up into yeah, yeah. two parts. Um, firstly, how can we ensure we're not mini pharaohs to ourselves? Mm. Yeah, so I guess it, like in a, the other term I use, Sabbath economy. And Sabbath is the idea of having faith. Mm. And so if you are a workaholic, I guess the question is, what are you doing it for? Mm. And look, for some, they have a choice. It's survival. There's some people that are locked in slavery and sure. just have no choice. Um, for others, perhaps it's a slavery like to idols. Mm-hmm. Like They work so hard because they have enormous debts they've paid off because mm-hmm. they've, cho- they've picked a lifestyle they want to live and they can't get off that. I think of a, a friend of mine when I was working at the pools, he had like three different jobs. Mm. He was a duty manager at Mac Uni. He, ha- he ran a PT business on the side and did something else. He just worked like, he just always looked exhausted. I said, dude, like, why do you work so hard? He goes, oh man, I gotta pay the rent. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Like, and they were living like, yeah, yeah beyond they, their means. Yeah, they yeah. picked this lifestyle <laughs> they wanted. They couldn't keep it unless, and I just know a lot of people like that. They mm. kind of hate their jobs. Mm. But like, oh, but I can't because the money. Mm. Yeah, and I remember when I was at the school, there was a parent there and she'd always bemoan that her husband was never around. And she wanted him to quit his job, but he goes, oh, I can't. Like, he he was high up in this role. He goes, oh, but mm. if I quit, I won't have the pay and I won't have the position. Mm. For him, it was the status was more important mm. than the family. Mm. So, so, yeah, that's, that's how it can happen. And look, for some, it just... Yeah, yeah, just in jobs where there's a lot expected of you. Mm. And look, I guess for a season, you can do it. Mm. At some point, it's like, what's, am I actually living? Mm. Like, what, what am I living for? Am I mm. living for this business to just... Mm. I don't know. Whenever yeah. you die, I don't think anyone thinks, oh, geez, I wish I poured more <laughs> hours into the no. office. No, no, no. There's, um, yeah, are you yeah. working to live or living to work yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. I don't think it's true, but there was a few... When Steve Jobs died, mm. I heard it was... Like, it wasn't actually real, but there was a meme... Or something like Steve Jobs' final words where he regretted how hard he worked. Right, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think I don't think it actually turned out being true, but, yeah, like, there was yeah. that idea. Obviously, people <laughs> say, like, you know... Yeah. Like, yeah, I think his last words were like, I wish I hadn't worked so hard and actually Microsoft is better. I think <laughs> that was his last one. <laughs> yeah, but no, it is kind of this thing. Like, I'm... I, I think I watched, um, it was the one with Michael Fassbender, Jobs, you know, mm. definitely shows him having great success in the corporate world, yeah. but definitely, yeah, dare I say, failing from a, mm. you know, husband, father, yeah. you know, even friend, yeah. <laughs> you know, the way he oh. treated people. And then, so I suppose that kind mm. of, yeah, dovetails quite beautifully into how can we ensure we're not many pharaohs to yeah. others? Well, I think too, like a Sabbath economy I'll so reiterate what I said. It. It's, it's about faith. Mm. So like in Exodus 21, when it talks about taking on a bond servant, um, yeah, like so say it's like year six in the cycle, mm. you know, oh, I'm going to take on all this debt for someone, knowing that, oh, it's only, I'm not going to get it back. I'm only going to have them for a year. Mm. You're like, well, I'm just going to trust that Yahweh will provide for me. Mm. And that, I think, that's where it comes in. And it's a similar to like giving your, offering your first fruits and mm. all that. It's living life in a way that I'm not going to become like Pharaoh. Mm. Um, f- like 
It's interesting, Exodus, they talk about building the Python and Ramesses, the store cities. And I was reading one book that is you know, the agrarian view of the Bible. Mm. And, she, and Ellen Davies is the author. And she says how, like, in Exodus 16, their tents aren't to become store cities. They don't just build up manna, mm. like build great wealth. It's yeah. about trusting each and every day. Mm. And so for us not to become pharaohs and expect a huge amount of employees is going back to that faith. It's like, well, why am I, why am I underpaying my staff? Like, that's a great question. Usually businesses underpay their staff because they want more money. Sure. So that's like an idol of greed. Sure. Or there's a fear of like, oh, I'm not going to have money, so let's underpay you. Force people to work more because... Yeah. You want more and more. And so, yeah, it's coming down to, well, if I pay my staff properly, mm. I ensure they have rest. Mm. God's going to honour that. Mm. And so that's th- yeah. that's where Sabbath economy comes in. It's like, well, it is an act of faith, but mm. God will honour that. Look, and even if there, there might be times where God doesn't come through as you expect, sure. that's still better to honour God than yeah, to yeah, live yeah. in this fear. That's really good. So I think of it here, like as the centre, we employ a number of people. Mm. Yeah, I often end but I'm like, are, are we a good place to work? Mm. Yeah. Do we do we have values here that are Christian values that mm. have that Sabbath economy view? Mm. And I'd like to think that our staff. Oh no, no, our staff said they like working here. Yeah, because they feel safe. They enjoy it and yeah. so we want to make sure that our staff yeah sure we don't want to be lazy but yeah, yeah, yeah. to actually feel like okay we come here and we're treated with dignity and respect mm. and that's the whole good. point that's the point people mm. to Jesus so um, good mm. I think a lot of these questions kind of come back to like how do we rest well <laughs> yeah <laughs> right uh, and I think this next question is sort of in that vein as well um, you obviously pointed out that due to the pandemic um mm. You know, there probably has been some really great new habits formed mm. for people who maybe can work from home, which means they can, you know, take the dogs for a walk at the end of the day rather than traveling for an hour mm. at the end of the day, you know, or whatever it might be. There can definitely be pluses of that. So, yeah. not to demonize, you know, some of the new things that have come out of the pandemic, but um, obviously it can have blurred the lines mm. of demarcation between rest and work mm. um, what would be some ways in which we can reinstate those boundaries yeah. what would be some ways to ensure we are a good steward of that mm. time um, yeah I, well actually just setting a boundary and keeping to it mm. like, and the, like there's sometimes in life where there's crises and you're mm. like well you know if the sure if at midnight and the centre's burning down, I'm not going to be like, well, it's yeah, my time yeah. off now. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to run over. You know. Your house will probably burn yeah, down you too. Know, like <laughs> I'm going to run over and put it out. Or, yeah. you know, if there's been a few times where Craig's missed me, quick, Mitch, I need you to go check this. Like there's mm. times of emergency, but yeah. there's a lot of things that can wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably, yeah, I wonder what it is. Because I'm not in corporate land, but I do wonder... Maybe those in corporate who are listening can tell me, like, if, if there's actual, if it's a forced pressure, or if it's actually there, like this expectation that, like, mm. doesn't matter what time of day, if I email you, you will respond to me. Mm. Uh, and like, I don't know, unless there's like really urgent things. I think most emails can probably wait till mm. the morning. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. probably a culture of that is like we just want to look like we're busy. And mm. so is that like a status thing? We don't mm. want to seem to be lazy mm. to our bosses that we're always on call. Mm. Uh, yeah, like just simple things. 
probably should do it myself, but I don't, you know, put on an out office. <laughs> yeah, these are the hours I'm here and yeah, yeah, you yeah. can contact me within these, this time frame and yeah, outside yeah. of that. There's, a, there's an author called Cal Newport. Now, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, um, but he, talk, he, has a, he has a book called Deep Work mm. and he argues that emails are almost like useless. He actually challenges like businesses. He goes, try not emailing each other for a day because he goes, how much of it's just like fluff and useless? Like, yeah. like people spend ages just responding to emails which really don't achieve much in the grand economy of things. Yeah. And so, but his big thing is you can, if you like what he calls deep work is just sitting down for hours at a time and not being interrupted. He yeah. goes, you can get way more done. So his kind of mantra is like I only work like eight hours a day and I'm able to accomplish. Like I think he has a record for having the most thesis. There's something written by a very, like he's yeah, very no. young to have like some record and that was he puts it all down to like his attitude of deep work. So he goes, he goes I'm never like emailing at seven o'clock at night, I'm mm. done. Mm. But in the hours that he's here, he's like pours his heart and soul into it, mm. locks himself away in his office, mm. like writes for hours. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm done now. And yeah. So he's more about like you being more productive with your time rather than yeah sort of ah just sort of waste an hour here and yeah you know, respond to a whole bunch of emails which really aren't going to achieve much in yeah. the grand so yeah yeah I suppose that brings up another interesting point doesn't it that um, hard work um, and really honouring you know the time that you're on the mm. clock so to speak um, is ultimately. Um, going to be something which is setting you up for a win as well in the way that mm. you can clock off mm. at the end of the day knowing um, in all good sort of conscience that yeah actually I, I deserve this rest now mm. because I've, I've done that work yeah. uh, I think that that can be something which is a really helpful thing to remember mm. as well of you know maybe likewise a good way to create some demarcation is what are like some things that maybe you shouldn't be doing in work time mm. you know and making that demarcation both ways yeah. you know because uh, i think that the second the lines start to blur one way mm. you know then it's very easy for them to blur the other yeah um but yeah it's it's an mm. art isn't it? it is and look there's some jobs out there that just are very time heavy mm. like if you're a farmer you're not working eight hours a day no it's huge amount of work if you run a small business there's huge amounts of work going to it and so yeah I'm, I'm also a realist and I realize that there'll be times where see if you're trying to start up a small business you're probably gonna be working seven days a week for yeah. a season or like working huge hours but I think ultimately it has to be seasons and I mm. um, remember my sister her and her husband go to this coffee shop um, near their house and they said the owners would just when they first started, they were working so hard. But they've now they've sort of got it rough and running. Yeah. They've employed other people, so they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. Like, it's, okay, just marking off a season. Maybe this yeah. is going to be a really busy season, and then we can hmm. accomplish it. But, yeah, ultimately, I guess, too, like, it does come down to faith. Mm. It's like, if you're really, really busy, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to have faith that God will provide mm. I remember that at college. I said that on Sunday at college our lecturers really challenged us to pick either Saturday or Sunday not to do any work <laughs> yeah there was one student she was freaking out she goes but I have this paper due on Monday I have to start it's like well are you going to trust God that he'll get it done mm. Mm. and it's funny she said it actually did work yeah, <laughs> it yeah, just, yeah. she didn't do it she just didn't stress about it she just 
and got it done. Mm. So, yeah, so yeah, good. Challenge there. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So we are uh, now moving on for this Sunday. We've got a bit of a special yeah, Sunday. special few Sundays. Yeah, in a row. We're in school holidays now, so no um, no, uh, no series. So what we call the preacher's pick yeah. <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, we are doing a preacher's pick by you this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, what, are we, what are we looking at? So looking at Sports Sunday. Mm. So part of Sports Chaplains Australia. They have their, their official Sports Sunday was the 11th of yep. September, so two weeks back. So yep. we're doing it now. So just a chance to honour people in our sports department, mm. pray for them. Because funnily enough, you know, we have five sports courts. So, yeah. you know, sports sort of revolves a fair bit around the centre. Yeah, so absolutely. And then, yeah, going to look at um, the role of some of the sports chaplains. Mm. The centre as a business's mission. Mm. And, yeah, encouraging people to be a bit on mission, mm. even if it's not here per se, but having that mission mindset. So, yeah, that's so sort good. of looking forward to it. So we'll talk about tent making and Love it. Yeah, yeah, finding people's peace. Very praying right. for that so yeah sort of a whole range of things yeah, yeah. very cool very yeah, cool we're cool. looking forward to that yeah um, but thank you again for the chat oh, thank you Muzz thanks for joining us and yeah, uh, thank yeah. you listener we'll uh, catch you on Sunday <laughs> yes you will cheers see you then bye thanks so much for joining us don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the center Dural. but in the meantime praying for god's hand over you as you continue to step into everything jesus has in store for your life be blessed